Back out of here on the fan. Now let's talk to Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl Brown's insider. Daryl, how are we doing tonight? Good, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Have you ever given a speech at a wedding at all? No, thankfully no. I've not had. I've not had to do that. Thankfully no. Oh, so you don't think like, oh, I, I speak in, you know, I speak on the radio. Might have a, might have a yeah, wake up. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I'm good with not having to speak at a wedding. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Thank we, you for not having me speak at yours, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was the least I could do, Daryl. It was the least I could do. Because uh, I'd have to write it out. Like, I, I couldn't ad lib it. Like, I would, I would have to write the thing out. Because, again, it's an honor, so you don't want to screw it up. Well, that's true. But also, you can't be the guy to have it write it out and then have to you got to go off the top of the dome with that one. you got you got to either memorize it or do bullet points. You don't want to go old school with it if you get my drift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, that would be brutal. That would be brutal. Uh, so I, I, I'm speaking Saturday night at my brother-in-law's wedding. I've done one other speech before. And, but I, what I've realized is that you know you can speak on the radio all day, and if you make a joke or something, you have no idea if people laugh anyway. All I have is Jacks to look at. If Jacks laughs, great. If he doesn't, that's fine, too. Uh, yeah. But, like, in public... If I make a joke and it sucks, they're all just going to look at me, Daryl. And you're going to hear crickets. <laughs> and yes. I'm going to hear crickets. And, and it'll be at that part where I would have normally paused, let the people laugh, and it's like, uh, yeah, no one laughed, though. Yeah, yeah, so here's what you do. you got to play it straight down the middle. You think so? Yeah, take the layup. Don't don't try and be too funny. Uh, be sincere. Be serious with it, Okay. Uh, you know, it's okay to squeeze, try and squeeze in a one-liner here and there, but if you're if you're going up there to steal the show and, you know, uh, tell a bunch of jokes and, and things like that, mm, I don't know that that's the right route to go. So I, if I were in that spot, I would keep it serious, keep it about their, uh, you know, your relationship with him and uh, their relationship now as a newly married couple. And uh, if you do that, I think you'll you'll kill it. Thank you. Yeah, we're definitely not trying to make a Tuesday night at hilarities. We're just trying to, right. you know, you know, it's the only part I'm worried about. It's almost like the make me a bicycle clown, you know. Yeah, I'm, probably. Like, so if he's bald, don't be like, hey, it's good to know that she loves bald guys. <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't don't go down that road. I've only done one. I've done one speech. I was the best man in a wedding once, and I should not have been the best man, Daryl. I was not. I should not have been that best man. But he asked How me. How did it go for you? Yeah, well, well. So the, the 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 part I liked about it is that I thought it was just an okay speech. But all night long, people came up to me as if I was the greatest toastmaster general they've ever seen. Like they thought I was great. Like the guy doing the the mics and, and making sure the volume and everything was good uh-huh. came up and told me it was a top 10 speech he's ever heard. Uh-huh. And then all night people were like that was so great. And I'm like, "Did we hear the same speech?" <laughs> it was fine. I did fine. I didn't do I didn't kill it. Hey, you know what? I've learned in life, take the compliments when you can get them. I definitely moved forward with it. I was like, "Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you." And then it was kind of fun cuz for the whole night then you're kind of like uh you're, you're, you're basically a star of the show almost yep. in a way. And yeah, people, yeah, so like I said, play it right down the middle. Okay. Make, it, make the speech about them, their relationship as like a this. newlywed yeah. couple and whatnot. Uh, and uh, leave the comedy for overtime. Uh, seven to midnight on the fan. Oh, it's a smart. That's a smart idea. I like that. Uh, all right, let's get into some of the Browns stuff because well, we had a lot of conversations about Nick or about uh, Kevin Stefanski because they're taking on the Phillies in these joint practices and. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard the interview earlier or not. Uh, Ken and Lima 
had John Marks on of WIP in Philadelphia, and he was talking about how Phillies or Phillies fans, excuse me, Philadelphia fans are already kind of tired of Nick Sirianni, mainly because Sirianni does not call the plays. Shane Steichen called the plays last year. He's obviously an indie now, and they're looking around saying, well, what is it that you do, basically? Well, with Kevin Stefanski, if if the guy just played in the Super Bowl and he's having a hard time, it makes sense why Browns fans would be hard on Kevin Stefanski. Do you agree? Well, so so Philadelphia fan is mad because Sirianni does not call his plays. Browns fan is mad because Stefanski does call his plays. Yeah, yeah. My understanding the nine. I just want to make sure I got the oh, dynamic. Oh, it's a good correct. point. It's a no. Nobody can be pleased is what I'm coming up with here, Daryl. Uh, okay, yeah, it's why they're fans, and you know what they say: if you, you're running a football team and you start listening to the fans, you're going to join them soon. So. And you know, we had a caller earlier in the show bring that point up exactly, and he said something to that, like just what you said right there. And I do got to commend Stefanski in all of this. As much as the fans have been saying give up the play calling, he's always stuck true to what he believes, which is he's a great play caller in his mind. He, he believes if he's going to go down, he's going to do it with his play calling. And you know what, Daryl? I kind of respect that. Yeah, I mean, you have to. And look, your play calling is only as good as the execution on the field. And let's be honest about it. The execution on the field hasn't always been on point, which it then reflects on Stefanski being a uh, less than stellar play caller, right? Uh, if this year Deshaun executes and this offense executes what Stefanski calls, right? And uh, they live up to what many of us believe uh, they potentially could be on that side of the football. Guess what? No, no one's going to be complaining about Kevin Stefanski calling the plays. In fact, they're going to be like, see, that's why I said all along Kevin Stefanski should be calling <laughs> plays for the Cleveland Browns. He should have never given it up. See? That's, that's, how the, that's how that works. It's exactly uh, how that's going to go. And then we're going to have to break out the receipts of all those people claiming that. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things, Daryl. Going back in the search history and finding out what people actually did and did not say. Yeah. I do love it. It's a favorite pastime of mine. Uh, what if the Browns' defense is better than the Browns' offense early on? Uh, in your estimation, is that a bad thing for the team? Or is it just good that either side gets off to a great start? No, I... I Look, I mean, I'd like to say the defense couldn't be much worse than it was a year ago, but, wow. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) The bar can always go lower, but no, I don't think they're going to be. I think they're going to be dramatically better. Um, I read what Travis Kelsey had to say, or I'm sorry, Jason Kelsey had to say uh, in Philadelphia today uh, about the defensive front and, uh, you know, some high praise there. One of the national guys uh, tried to equate them to the 85 bears. And I was like, wait a minute, you might want to slow your roll on that for a minute. Let's, let's have them play a game or two before you go down uh, that path. Nick Chubb or Walter Payton, which one Daryl? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm talking about the defensive side. I know. I I was going to do the whole entire bears roster. I I mean, everything from McMahon down. Let's not get that carried away at this point. Ditka or Stefanski? Ditka. Hurricane or Ditka? Trick question. Hurricane's name is Ditka. (laughs) Ditka. Ditka. But I get the point. Exaggeration Just just don't trade your entire draft for a player, okay? Sorry, I got... got, Like you did did for my Saints. I got caught up with... Well, that was... the, The worst part about that was the... Don't remind. The, just the cover. Stop. Just yeah, don't remind. The sports illustrated don't, don't cover. Just, I'm trying to forget that ever happened, okay? <laughs> You'd be right Open to try wound. to forget that. Uh, uh, out of practice in the past couple days, you know, I, I just saw the Browns tweet out like 40 minutes ago, Cade York, 6 of 6 with the leg today. <sighs> bad timing there. A little bit of bad timing. 
I don't even want to go down a cage work discussion with you because it's all you've had to do since he missed that second kick, and I don't want to put you through that. But the man just keeps making these kicks and practices. Perfect in practice, baby. And it's so befuddling to me. The the Browns must go to bed tearing their hair out because, you, I, you know, I, I brought it up with Roberto Aguayo the other day. Aguayo was a second-round pick. And he missed nine kicks his first year, where Cade York missed eight his first year. He missed one in the preseason, the very first preseason game the next year, and was cut immediately after. But if you go back and look at the articles, it was very simple and easy to see. Roberto Aguayo was missing crazy amounts of kicks and practices. Cade York is befuddling because Cade York is making everything. And that's why when people are like, oh, they got to cut him now and get someone else in here to take over. I'm like, no, you got to let him finish out this preseason. See if he can make some kicks in in these pre in these last two preseason games, because he is making the kicks in practice. When you do make the kicking change, you're going to make that on August 30th. That That's when you make the kicking change. If ultimately that is the route they decide to go. But it is the Cade York show from now until August 29th. Uh, whether you like it or not. So uh, if they uh, decide to make a change, that's not coming to August 30th. Cade York has been interviewed in this radio station once, and I think it was one of the worst player interviews I've ever heard. So uh, if we're going to do the Cade York show, we need to just keep it strictly on the field, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, – yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to have you elaborate on that. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll I'm not going to elaborate that out my, on that. I'll, I'll throw that out there myself. That yeah. that young man was – maybe it was a bad day for him or something. I'm not entirely sure – but uh, you guys can go back and listen to it. It was on Baskin and Phelps. And it was like a, it was five minutes and it was not, it was it, not very it, good. It was a tooth extraction. It was not very or good. Or two or three. Oh, uh, well, I, I do blame the Mike situation as well. The Mike situation wasn't the greatest form in the moment, but it was not, it was, uh, that was a tough one. Uh, what is the future at tackle for the Browns? Conklin for the next two years really could be three years if they want it to be, but do they cut ties with Conklin if DeWan Jones continues down this path? Who's to say he doesn't replace Jed Wills? You know, I, when I talked to Zach Jackson about that, Zach was really convinced he was only a right tackle, not necessarily a left tackle. Maybe he's mistaken there. I don't know. I, no, I I'm just throwing it out there as a theory because uh, Jed's contract's up before Jack Conklin's. Sure. Is, so. Sure. Do you, and you're, what you've seen, do you feel like he could play the left side? I don't know. I, I just have to give the kid his props because he went from barely being able to survive a rep in rookie minicamp to now, like, he's a brick wall. Um, so I, I have to give, in fairness, I have to give him his his due. Um, I, I think there's a player there. I've gone from the NFL ain't made for this guy, or this guy ain't made for the NFL, to this guy This guy could be a, a player for the Browns. So, um, yeah, I, you know, maybe he what, he was a draft and develop player to begin with, okay? So... For the folks that are like trying to rush him into the starting lineup right now, I would just say slow your roll. Yes, he's made tremendous progress from the day he walked into the door to what you're seeing right now. He ain't ready yet. So slow the roll. Uh, maybe in a year or two he'll be ready. But he is a project. And he's making progress. So, again, he certainly deserves credit for that. But I, I don't, I don't know that he's ready just yet. You know, when, when I watch him, I, I like the, the twinkle toes that he has. I like the, the feet that he has. You know, he's very – and I think part of that is because we, we ripped him. I didn't – not me. I, I, get, I said I loved it. But a lot of people ripped him for the idea that he played basketball, and basketball was his true love. And you can see the basketball player in him on the football field, and I think it works 
so well. Kind of like when you watch Patrick Mahomes and you can see the baseball player in Mahomes. You see the different elements that pop out. I see with DeJuan Jones. I see the basketball player in him when he plays football. I think it's yeah. a great thing for a tackle. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I think that what he'll have to uh, continue to work on is um, really, uh, you know, his hand, his hands. Um, mm-hmm. I think that his footwork is, is fine and is going to be fine. But he's going to have to work on his leverage in his hands a little bit. And if he does that, I, I think he's got the potential to be a really good player because he's got what you can't teach, and that is size. He is a big boy, big human being. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if he can refine his technique, I think he'll be a really, really good football player for the Cleveland Browns. If Amari's great, do you sign him again at a cheaper rate? I know he's got a lot left on this contract still, but I'm thinking ahead. Would you make a long-term investment with Amari? Yeah, I'd extend him, of course. Sure. Yeah. I, I, look, I think him and Elijah Moore could, could be quite the duo this year, and I think Cooper, if I remember correctly, said something yesterday uh, <laughs> about that uh, specifically. Um, yeah, it was the Holt comment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I absolutely would. I saw an article today. It said after after Cooper uh, said the, the two of them could be the next Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. The article said Amari Cooper should probably expect a random drug test yeah. from the NFL. Oh well, <laughs> you know, look, I mean, it's barstool. He, yeah, I mean, he, he's 29. He'll be 30 next June, in the middle of the next June. Um, he's got uh, he's got plenty of in, in in the tank. You know what I'm saying? He, he's not a running back. Whereas you know, when they hit 30, that's where they go to die. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, uh, he's the consummate professional. Uh, he can catch a football, which is somewhat important for someone that plays his particular position. And um, yeah, I, I if he would be willing to stay for uh, less annual dollars than what he's making right now, which that that's kind of tough to do with guys. When they, you know, reach a certain level of income, but if, if he is willing to do that, I would absolutely uh, try and keep him around. I right, last one, Daryl. Uh, Ken Ken told a story earlier today about his grandma and ghosts. I I haven't decided if I believe in ghosts or not. I've never clearly been in on it. Uh, I said when my dad passed away, my mom became. I told her that uh, that dead people sometimes leave dimes. And that's their thing. They leave dimes. And so then at like big important events, my mom has noticed dimes. And so I like to believe that ghosts are real because my mom really finds assurances in that. But I don't know if I believe in them or not. Have you ever had a ghost encounter? Um, no, but I've had the in the dreams encounters. And uh, I kind of do believe we are visited in our dreams by those. That oh, yeah. That, that, that is their way. I believe that that is their way. You believe of, that. Commu- of communicating with us, absolutely. Because my dad, my dad, I'm, I'm no exaggeration here, Daryl. For the first ten years of his death, visited me every night in, in, yeah, in my I, dreams, every night. Yeah, I, I would, uh, <clears throat> I am a believer in the supernatural, mm. uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that is th- their way of communicating with us to, you know, let us know they're okay, that they're, you know, watching over us, and. You know, and things like that. So, yeah, I do believe in that. Ooh, give me chills there. It's kind of a, it's a cool thought, you know. Even if it's not right at the end of it, it's a cool thought to have. It, it it's also somewhat unsettling. <laughs> sure. Because sure. I don't know who I'm going to end up haunting when, when when I'm gone. I don't have anyone in my life to haunt yet. Well, so. why don't we make it a pack? If you go before I do, uh, why don't you <laughs> haunt me? 
and then, then I'll, I'll remember this conversation, and I'll know. And it'll be like years. I'll be like, Daryl, you can leave me alone now, please. Yeah. I got it. It's I, real. I got Daryl, it. Here's the problem. I got too many people while I'm alive telling me to leave them alone. <laughs> so they don't really – they don't want anything to do with me when I'm alive, God, they ain't going to want anything to do with me if I'm dead either. That's why I'm probably not even going to have a funeral. I'm going to go to the Jim Brown route. I'm not even going to have a funeral. I don't need a bunch of people showing up at my funeral that weren't in my life telling people how much they loved me and how awesome I was and this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, you never around. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> If you want, no jokes. I promise I'll make no jokes if you give me the eulogy. Oh uh, No, once I'm dead, you make all the jokes okay. you want because guess what? Okay. There ain't nothing I can do about it, pal. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Except haunt me in my dreams, apparently. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, see? 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 Jonathan. Gave me chills again. Gave me chills all <laughs> over again. Uh, thank you, Daryl. I appreciate you, man. You Have bet, bud. All right, Daryl Rotter right there, on, uh, brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I did get chills there. I really, I got chills with that idea. Do you imagine them being like, you get to haunt one person a night though you get to haunt people but it's just one a night and then it's like i choose you jonathan i'm gonna haunt you exclusively for years on end